Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. If you're struggling to build live training workshops into your organization's busy life, consider our online e-learning option. Our signature Gapology course is available on udemy.com. That's U-D-E-M-Y.com. It sums each section of our workshop into short, bite-sized chunks where we walk your learners through all of our primary content. These video-based lessons are the perfect solution to quickly get new team members up to speed on Gapology, its language, methods, and tools, or it's an excellent refresher for those of you who went through it before. Check it out on udemy.com. Links can also be found on our website. And as for tonight, we're tackling a subject that virtually every leader and most team members face daily, meetings. How do we make them more effective for everybody? Well, let's start the conversation with Martinez. Hey, Mark, how are you doing? Hey, Brian, good. Uh, finally made it through the rainstorm to podcast town here. <laughs> That's good, good. Podcast town, I like that. Maybe yeah. we, should, we should rename the, the show. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, you know, we've had a lot of uh, really good comments through this, especially through this series, this Emerging Leaders series. There's been a lot of positive feedback. And I know we had, uh, you know, we were originally saying, uh, I think it was maybe two episodes ago, that was the last of our uh, series. And then we had our conversation with Jonas, and and that's prompted a few more topics, a few more conversation points. I know that's, you know, something that people have really liked and enjoyed um, so what, what would you like to cover tonight? I know you've got some things on your mind. Well, I, I spent last week with a very successful group of emerging leaders and in listening to them, their biggest struggle is meetings. Uh, and they, they live in meet, a meeting culture and they <laughs> yeah. struggle to help the meetings become successful. So what I put together, and hopefully uh, this will really help everyone, but um, I put together the five steps that are key to having a successful meeting culture. Okay. And it's, it, you know, th- there's a number of things that are driving the meeting culture today. One of the most significant is remote work. Yeah. One of the emerging leaders we were talking to lives on the West Coast, manages a group of people on the East Coast and in the Midwest. They're never face-to-face, so their life is meetings, as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, an- another lives in Colorado and leads a group on the East Coast. Their life is meetings. So it's it's real common today that they're spending, you know, out of a work week, 50% of the time in meetings. And often emerging leaders view that time as unproductive or time to multitask. And that that's not good. So what if we could make those meetings effective? And uh, because they're effective, maybe we have less meetings. 
and we all become more productive. And so anyhow, we, we, what I put together, how to make those meetings effective, how to survive and, and thrive in a meeting culture. Mm-hmm. It is so common to have this crazy meeting culture. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, one is that I think meetings just they're number one, they're less effective. So we feel like we have to have more. Um, I think also, especially in the zoom world, we're, I think we're, we always feel rushed. So meetings are short, usually um, half hour, maybe an hour when face to face. A lot of times we just let the meeting kind of go um, until we feel like it's done. And I think there's danger in both of those scenarios. Um, so I think yeah. providing, you know, yeah. key steps to make them effective, I think, uh, is a great tip for this week. Yeah. You, you made a great point there. One of the points you made was that because meetings are so ineffective, we're having more of them. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. More so, ineffective meetings. Yeah. Let's have more of them <laughs> because they're so ineffective. Yeah. So anyhow, these five steps will help make them effective. And as an emerging leader, what if you were a star in these meetings? What if you changed the the effectiveness of meetings in your organization? What if it was you? Think about that. It's a yeah. big deal. Yeah, anyhow, these, these five steps are designed to help emerging leaders win in this environment. Okay. Sounds cool. <clears throat> All right. So let's uh let's jump right in. So again, we we live in a meeting culture. I don't know that we can change that. What we can change is the effectiveness of the meetings. You know, so what if they were what if they were great? <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> what if when people left the meeting they said, wow. What a great meeting. I hope we have more of these. So, so what, what we put together here are the five steps. So I want, I want the emerging leaders to look at this through the lens of potentially changing your behavior, but changing, changing your attitude as well towards meetings. And what if you were to take a leadership role within your group, your organization, to make them effective. So uh, so this is a five step. We love five steps. So if you're taking notes, write down the five. Each of them is, is of great significance. So can I jump in? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So step one, and, and this step will vary based upon the type of meeting and the type of organization that you're in. But for the meeting, define either a purpose an agenda, or an objective, or all of the above. So that's the first thing that makes meetings effective. A purpose, here's why we're meeting. An agenda, here's what we're going to talk about. Please come prepared. An objective, in addition to that agenda, here is what we intend to achieve. That's a game changer. So when when you can direct the organization that you're in to move in that direction, take the lead on that, talk to your supervisor about it, coach them, they might be the source of an ineffective meeting. Everything changes. Everything changes when a meeting has a purpose, an agenda, and an objective. Yeah, I think the key to this whole thing is, is to make sure to send it out ahead of time. Oftentimes I'll see the agenda being passed out at the meeting 
And, and that doesn't give anyone any time to prepare. So I love agendas that get sent out when they say, hey, here's what we want to achieve in this. And I want you to think about this and bring thoughts to the meeting. Um, that way people are prepared. They're ready to participate. I think your participation overall will soar if you're able to do that ahead of time. Yeah, I love that. And that really is the key. So the preparation is key because that makes the participants know that the meeting matters. Yeah. The agenda yep. is key because then they know what will be discussed and the objective is key so that they find the significance in it and often then will tailor their preparation to that objective. Um, so, so that's sort of the starting point. And the, the, but the other thing I would, I would say, just, just to clarify, you need to determine for a given meeting whether it's a purpose, an agenda, an objective, or all three. And to Brian's point, uh, ideally, again, this is known in advance. And you're going to love my point number two then, Brian. Okay. So that is a rhythm. Oh, so yeah. let me explain this. What if we determine that in our organization, in our culture, we need to meet every Monday to discuss these things because they are core to what we're trying to accomplish? That's critical. Lock that meeting in stone. It is every Monday at three o'clock because it matters. And that rhythm will cause the entire organization to, to prepare all week long for that meeting if you make it that significant. So rhythm is key. There are certain meetings that should occur every week. And they are of significance and make them matter, make them important, make them celebratory, make them, you know, of great significance. And again, because they're repeated, because they're repeated, the preparation is generally all week long. So you, you can really have an impact on the organization if you can create a meeting rhythm. Combined with that, I know of an organization, for example, that says our meetings will only be held on Mondays and Fridays. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are for the work that we need to do. And that's awesome if that works in your culture, as an example. If there were an emergency, there might be a meeting. But they designate the meeting days because they expect preparation. They expect participation, and they expect movement from the meeting. The meetings matter. So make them matter. They are not multitask events. They are not. Yeah. I were, I don't know if you know this, but <clears throat> Brian, I worked for a boss. You, you were not directly involved in these meetings where when we walked into the meeting room, all devices, meaning laptops and cell phones, were left at the door. They were not allowed. There was no multitasking allowed. Everyone was engaged and expected to participate in the meeting. Those meetings were incredibly effective. They weren't long. It was under an hour. But we could not multitask. In the remote world, how, how do you know if someone's even listening? 
Yeah. I mean, you, you, yeah. you, you know, so create a rhythm that works for your organization to where the meetings matter and everyone knows they matter. They continue to happen each week. There's a repetitive pattern and everyone gets used to that and it moves the numbers. Make the meetings, you know, make this rhythm move the metrics that you're working for. What, what do you think about that? Oh, yeah. You, you know, I love leadership rhythm. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of Gapology. I think it is so critical. And, you know, a few podcast episodes ago, we talked about how to reduce stress for emerging leaders. And this is one of the keys is to have a leadership rhythm. And if you are leading a meeting, uh, participating in a meeting, there should be some sort of rhythm to that in order to minimize the stress, the anxiety that people have with meetings, um, if they walk into a meeting and they don't know what the agenda is, they don't know what the purpose is, they're sporadic, um, different things are talked about and uh, focused on and reinforced, and um, that causes undue stress in your team. Uh, so so I love that, that you brought that up. I absolutely think that's critical. And the multitasking thing, I, you know, especially in the Zoom world, um, it's first of all, it's critical that people have their cameras on. Um, you know, I did some. I love that. Yeah, I love I, that, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, 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 that's I did a some, big deal. Right, right, right. I did some work with an organization that no one ever had their, their cameras on. And, you know, just through the participation le level um, that they were multitasking. Absolutely. You could tell. Um, so I, I love that that you brought that up. I think that part is 100 percent critical. Yeah. No, I, I love what you said. I mean, you can't have effective meetings when you ask someone a question and there's no response. And then they say, what, can you repeat that again? What was that yeah. question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that multitask environment is what's destroying meetings. But rhythm, having a rhythm, having meetings that occur every Monday at three o'clock changes everything. Yep, because everyone prepares, they think about it, and they uh, want to, you know, reflect, you know, favorably. So, so the, so again, let's let's just recap real quick. The first step was to have a purpose, an agenda, an objective, whatever fits, or all of the above, and secondly, work to create a rhythm to where those meetings are significant and they recur and everyone prepares all week for your meeting or a meeting of great significance. So well done. Yep. So the third, and this is really a challenge to the emerging leaders. What if you were the model of behavior in meetings? How would that reflect on you? What if you conquered the Zoom world by being the model of behavior? Might that affect your peer group, your boss, and others? So why not develop a model of behaviors that you're going to uh, execute in meetings and, and make that significant not to brag about you, but to move the organization forward. And then if you move the organization forward, 
If you're the one that models a behavior in meetings that others need to exemplify, I can't believe that's going to be hard on your own career, right? It's going to be a great reflection on you. So in this meeting culture that we're all living in, what if you were great? What if people said, hey, I loved her comments. I I thought she was terrific. I loved her reinforcement of why this mattered. I loved her participation, his participation, his, you know, commentary, et cetera. What, what if that was the banter after the meeting? You then move other people's behaviors forward. You're setting an example. So emerging leaders figure out in your environment how to model behavior that is great for meetings. Yeah, I love what you, you said there. I think as a participant, especially, so an emerging leader who's sitting in, in a meeting, maybe it's led by someone senior, I think you have tremendous opportunity to stand out, putting your phone away, you know, turning it off, putting it in your pocket, not taking it out, um, you know, being the first one to to volunteer information, to jump in and share uh, even if you're more of an introvert, you know, stepping outside of your comfort zone uh, to do so, I think can really, really make you stand out. I think also from a leader standpoint, so if you're the one leading the meeting, I think there are ways that you can also model what you expect from the participants. So when you have somebody that shares something, you know, providing feedback, providing, you know, recognition for, you know, comments and things like that, um, I think as a leader, if you have a group of people in the room that are, some are extroverts, some are introverts, I think there's lots of things you can do. You know, certainly we talk about random recaps a lot on our show. And I think absolutely you can do that. I think you can do some things that even differently with the introverts. So really calling on them specifically because introverts need that space to talk. Extroverts will always talk. They're always going to participate. But introverts will always sit back and allow the others to to participate. So so give the space, you know, call on them, ask them for their opinions and feedback. I think as a leader, you're going to learn a lot that way. Well, and I I think this is where the habit ladder really comes in. If you were model, if you as an emerging leader were to model the behavior of the habit ladder, Mm, yeah, during the meeting, it would change everything, and the habit ladder you know, is part of gapology. It's, it's of great significance, but it, it might include uh, step three on the habit ladder, which is Brian, are, are you, are you all in on this topic that we've talked about? Are you in agreement that we are going to do this? You know, you turn it to that person. I, I want you to review the habit ladder with the group as it relates to meetings, because it is a significant part, I think, of the model unless you want to move it to the end, but I think it fits right here. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me walk through it. Uh, so the habit ladder um, it's, it's designed for, well, we put it in the book under t- training, but it really does fit here. So the first step is communication. We want to communicate a message and we have that des- defined designed. We prepared that. So we look at how we communicate, what's the best, best method of communicating. And we communicate that message. The second step is understanding. So does the does the team understand what's being said? Do they, you know, um, intellectually understand what the message is and what they need to do? 
Third step is agreement, like you said. So does the team agree to the steps that are, you know, being laid out? The fourth step is practice. And that's usually, especially with training, practice is something that really we don't devote enough time to. You know, we want to make sure we're spending the appropriate amount of time on practice. And then the the last step is habit. So that's, you know, we practice enough and we get to that habit level. And I think with meetings, uh, we there's a couple things that we can align. I think communication, understanding, agreement absolutely fit perfectly. For practice, I think execution, if we look at execution there, um, I think those things would would align. So we agree to whatever we're, we're um, laying out as the steps. And then we execute. Um, and then and, and then the last step, uh, rather than habit, it's really how do we create habits? So recognition, coaching, those kinds of things to create habit. I think there's some leadership behaviors that can be applied at that level. So so emerging leaders, you need to understand the habit ladder. You need to execute the habit ladder and you need to use it every day. Learn the habit ladder, make it work. It works. Uh, it, it works every time it's of great significance. I was in a meeting today, Brian, where the leader said, but I sent you an email. (laughs) Did, did you not, did you didn't understand it? And the person said, I, no, I don't remember that. Um, well, we talked about it in that meeting. Remember that a month ago? No, I didn't understand that. The the habit ladder overcomes all that crap. And that's what often makes meetings ineffective is that they are multitasking events. I get my emails done during my meeting time. You know, that will not work. So learn the habit ladder and you will overcome all of that. So thank you. Yep, love it. All right, step four is follow-up. So every meeting must must have a recap takeaways, action items that are then followed up on with dates and, and assignments, et cetera. Don't miss that part. Don't, don't have any assumptions here at all. This fits with the habit ladder beautifully, by the way, but it is key. We just met for one hour. Who's doing what by when? Okay. Got it. And follow up on it. Brian, are you clear on what you're expected to execute by Friday? Oh, great. Okay. So we're clear. This is a big deal. So when you listen to the emerging leader's frustration with meetings, it's often that there is not effective follow-up and action item accountability. We got to have that. So that is step four. Yeah, I think this one's key to closing the knowledge gap. So when we have a meeting and there's no recap and there's no formal commitments or formal assignments, then all we're doing is we're just getting together and we're just chatting. You know, I think this really makes a meeting real and makes it effective um, and it closes knowledge gaps. I think the, uh, you know, if you have team members that are not paying attention, this is a great way to find out that information, learn about that and then help course correct. So I think it closes your knowledge gaps on people who are focused and committed to the things that are discussed during the meetings. Well, that's a great point. It separates the top performers from the underperformers. Yep. But as leaders, if we follow up effectively, step four here, uh, we will create 
within the underperforming group some top performers through our behavior. It's pretty significant. All right, so let me recap real quick where we're at. So we said that our meetings would have a purpose or an agenda, at least an objective. Otherwise, why in the hell are we meeting? That was step one. Step two was, if possible, we would develop a rhythm of meetings. There would be meetings that would occur every week, every month, whatever the correct time frame is for your organization. Uh, we might block out certain days where we aren't having meetings Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, that's not our culture. We meet on Monday and Friday. As in, that's just an example. You have to tailor that to your organization. Step three is we said that emerging leaders would model a behavior in meetings that would set the example for the organization. That would have a huge impact on your career. You would be viewed very positively by modeling the correct behaviors. Step four is we would have in every meeting a source of follow-up, a set of action items with dates and names and, you know, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? What are we doing? When will it be done? All that has to happen. So step five is, is a bit different then, uh, and you're not expecting it, uh, group. And that would be to make meetings celebratory. So when those things get accomplished, when we have heroes who did what they said they would do, and it has a positive impact, we celebrate their success. So what if meetings became a source of recognition? What if people were engaged in meetings like never before because we celebrated their impact on the results and their participation and we made them positive versus drudgery? Everything would change. So you as an emerging leader can create that environment. I was in a meeting the other day where twice we did literally remote meetings, but we did standing ovations for the people that achieve what we were talking about. So we literally jumped out of our seats and on screen, we're all cheering and clapping for someone, you know, remotely. And it felt good. It felt good to that, to that person. It made the meeting impactful. It made the meeting meaningful and it might've very well affected the behavior of the people in the meeting for the next meeting. So meetings can become, you know, significant movements of results and behavior if we make them celebratory versus drudgery. That's probably what we should have named this, Brian. <laughs> Do we want to celebrate or live in drudgery? <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So those are the five steps. What do you think? What do you got? Yeah, I, I love that last one. I think it does two things. Um I mean, besides just making people feel good, it really does bring a sense of energy to meetings. Um, it really can become drudgery. And just think of the level of, of excitement and energy that that happens when you celebrate individuals or the group as, as a whole. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of great things that can come from that. The second thing is, and it, we haven't necessarily talked about on this podcast, but if you think about the teaching organization pyramid, so... 
So it's something that we talk about in Gapology, and, and basically it's it's trying to create a teaching organization where there's always teaching that happens. There's always learning that happens. There's education and growth that happens in, in organizations that, that take on some of these things. And I think celebratory behaviors can create a teaching organization by finding out what's working. How, you know, how are we achieving these things that we're winning in? If we have people on our team that are outperforming everybody else, let's find out what they're doing. Let's give them the recognition, but also let's learn from them so that we can create this teaching organization. Yeah, I love that. I mean, wisdom might come from meetings if we operate with these five steps. Yeah, what a concept, huh? Organizational wisdom versus organizational drudgery. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, no, the average person today, the average emerging leader views meetings negatively. What yeah. if we change that? Yep, we can. What if meetings became great? Right. I can't wait for the meeting. You won't believe what I'm going to present today in the meeting. I've got it. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Anyhow, we, we want the emerging leaders to view this differently. We want them to view them as their opportunity to make a difference in their organization. Definitely. And use that habit ladder. I use the habit ladder today, Brian, three different times in three different scenarios. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. We'll have to uh, get into some of those other scenarios on the next on the next call. Yeah. But if the emerging leaders need to know it and use it daily, it Perfect. literally applied to everything I did today. You, you would not have believed it. It was, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So, well, perfect. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, this Brian. Is, this is great. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Okay, great. Have a good one. You too. Yep. Bye. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on effective meetings, check out Gapology. It's available in physical or digital formats, as well as on Audible. Everyone have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.